Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality. Welcome back to Let's Get Haunted with your hosts, Nat Strawn and Allie. Welcome back, guys, to episode 121 of Let's Get Haunted. Nat and I are recording this at uh, 7 in the morning because mm-hmm. it's the hottest day of the year in Los Angeles. Yeah, it's supposed to get to like minimum 113 today and we record in an office that has no ac as you guys know they said like oh you can't turn the ac on the weekends because they had remodeled this floor and like part of the building or part of their office that had the thermostat in it is now like part of a different office and they lock their doors and so it's like not available on the weekend or whatever and they made like a big deal of telling me all this when we moved in and I was just like skimming over it because I was like okay fine fuck I don't give a fuck just like let us rent yeah Yeah. exactly (laughs) um but now I understand why they were like telling us this because I forget how hot it gets in the valley yes and shall Shout out to my therapist, whose name is also Allie. I was like bitching to her about how hot it is here. And she was like, hey, you know that that's illegal, right? Oh my God, your therapist is you. Are you sure it's not just you talking talking to yourself in the room? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I put on a wig. I like switch seats. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God, nothing would be more horrifying. Honestly, iconic though. (laughs) (laughs) Office drama is like super interesting to me because I've never worked in an office setting. You know, like I from college, I've always worked in like a Pilates studio, like, but it's different because it's just you, you know, mm-hmm. you're just one person with a computer and like you're talking to clients and stuff like that and emailing people, but it's not like five people who don't know each other but like work together in this like weird artificial building. Yeah. <laughs> a really good idea for a podcast would just be like people who pretend to be like in an office, you know, okay, so like. Let me, I don't know how to explain this because I'm really tired right now because we woke up at like 6 a.m. <laughs> to come here so we wouldn't die from heat. But let me try. Okay. So imagine this office that we're in right now, right? Yes. There's like five office spaces in here and it's like people being accountants and et cetera. And we come in and we are like for, we have like forged that we are accountants or something. Oh, we're like, infiltrating. Yes. Well, infiltrating, but like really we're just running a podcast and it's like the true Truman show and we're like studying everyone's lives all day and then like reporting on it at the end of the day. I think, I think that's a great idea. And I think let's just start showing up in suits, but like <laughs> top hat suits, you know what I mean? Like, like opera cartoon, right. like opera man like, suits. Like 19th century. <laughs> yeah. Uh, 
businessman. Yeah, with like monocles. Yeah, I was and, just about to say yeah. that, like the little glasses you hold on a stick. But make no comment about it. Just let's just start showing up here every oh. day. Top of the day. <laughs> yeah. We're here to conduct business and then just like take over their conference room that technically right. we're allowed to have access to, but I don't think they expected us to ever be. Right. Here. And they just like look over at us and they see <laughs> us like moving our arms like really fast, like all over the place like they do in those old silent movies. Wait, can I have cue cards that I'm just holding up in front of us yeah. that have phrases? How would you react to that? I think I might call, I don't know. Call the police? Like, well, I what? was thinking if that was them, like, that yeah. might call the police. Because <laughs> I don't yeah. think they're chill like that. But yeah. I feel like if I saw someone doing that in my office building, I'd just be like, they're creative. Right. Like, wow, okay. they're trying to spice it up. Good for them. Yeah. That yeah. would be interesting and fun. Uh, do you have any personal hauntings this week, Natalia? Um, I don't well, we moved we moved recently from my house um to a different house down the street. We're staying in like a furnished Airbnb. So we had to like pack up all of our stuff during the middle of this heat wave and it was like this packing is so annoying. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I think I'm just going to like sell all of my stuff now. I feel like but you you do that anyway. I feel like you go through <laughs> phases where you like will sell all your shit. And I can't relate because I'm such a pack rat. Like people want me to sell my shit. And then I'm I just am like Gollum. And I'm like, no, right. I can't <laughs> get rid project. of this can of beans from when I was in kindergarten. Like, yeah, I, I mean, it's like really annoying to have to pack up all your stuff. And I consider myself someone who's like somewhat of a minimalist. Right. Because mm-hmm. I do like routinely get rid of things all the time. But it still was like just fucking stuff like yeah. i don't even know like fucking linens for the guest room for yeah. where we have guests and like they all have a, to have a fucking pillow and just like all of the fucking plates and you're like why do we have these many plates but then it's weird because when you're living there you're like there's never a fucking clean plate Fork. We, there are never enough forks mm-hmm. ever and i feel like every year i go to target and you know they have like a loose fork yeah thing and I'll like grab like maybe three loose forks and I go like buy them and go home. And then right. they're always gone the next year. So I've given up. I bought a giant thing of plastic forks mm-hmm. and I just put it in like with my like metal cutlery. Are you guys like really excited and impressed <laughs> with our <laughs> intro this morning? Because we heard that you guys wanted to hear personal hauntings. So now we're talking about how we put plastic I... forks in our drawers. Look, I am riveted personally. Okay, good. I will say um, I got another gross dick pic the other day. Oh, wow. Uh, This time from a I'm pretty sure it's the same guy that sent me a dick pic. Remember last year at work? Uh, This is when this is the episode where I was dressed as. Oh, it's from someone who you worked with who sent you a dick pic after they got fired. Yes. that Well, that last year they sent me one and then they got fired. And then this year I got one that looks exactly the same. This was like last week. It li- It's the same. Like that dick is seared into my mind just because it was not a good dick. Mm-hmm. And also because I didn't ask for mm-hmm. a picture of that dick. Yeah. Um. And then I got another one sent to me. But this one came from a different number. And I looked it up and it was like one of those free text right. things that like you can't trace. Yeah. And it just occurred to me, like, why is this legal? Like mm-hmm. if I showed up to work and just like busted out 
my like cock and balls in front of the, a random person like i'd be arrested i mean if you were 17 it would be super illegal they'd be like in prison right yeah but in real life i guess my point is in real life it's called flashing and like mm. you can be on the sex offenders registry for flashing people yeah. regardless of their age but for some reason like you're allowed to just like send random dick pics to people that why like don't, don't want them. Why don't you just send back like if I go on Google and find like a gross ass like selfie yes, of like a oh, I was gonna send back yeah. blue waffle. No, I feel like it needs to be like he needs to think that he sent that dick to the opposite of who he was trying to send. <laughs> yeah. Like he was trying to send it to you. So you should send back like a really satisfied looking selfie of like a neckbeard man. Uh, yeah. Like send more, you know? <laughs> yeah, or maybe like uh Bugs Bunny having sex with uh, Porky Pig. I feel like that might be misconstrued as like, oh, we're sexting now. Oh, that's true. Right? Like, yeah, it's such a catch way too. But also, it could have been one of those where like now if I text it back, it belongs to somebody else. I, like, have you ever experienced that? Those No, not a selfie app? of you, a selfie of someone else. No, I understand that. But I'm saying I wonder if that guy doesn't even have that number anymore. Because it's like one of those things where you go online and you can yeah. like buy it for like a day or something. And right. Then yeah. So a lot of effort was put into that. Yeah. Sending the dick pic. Yeah. And it was a bad dick pic as usual. So, hey, if you're out there listening to this person who I think it is, but I can't prove it's you, um, your dick is real bad and I don't want to see it. And I don't think anyone wants to see it. So I don't know. Get a better personality and then you don't have to send random dick pics to your old HR person. Uh, Speaking of unsolicited penises. Oh. We'd really like to thank Manscaped.com for sponsoring this episode of Let's Get Haunted. Yeah. If you guys didn't know, we have a special deal with Manscaped where you can get 20% off of all of their products plus free shipping with the code let's get haunted at manscaped.com and again 20% off plus free shipping with the code let's get haunted at manscaped.com um and you know it's september and i'd just like to say welcome to fresh ball fall it's the season of pumpkin spice and making sure your crotch looks nice that means sipping cider in a fall breeze and using Manscaped products to trim your balls with ease. Mm. That's right. Today's show is brought to you by Manscaped, a company here to make sure that your foliage isn't the only thing shedding its excess leaves. Heck, even Mother Nature knows it's time to lose the excess clutter for fall. Join the 6 million people worldwide who trust Manscaped by going to manscaped.com for 20% off plus free shipping with the code let's get haunted. Are you made of flesh and blood and not a ghost? Mm -hmm. Then you probably grow hair somewhere. Right. You can eliminate it if you desire by using the Lawnmower 4.0. And in fact, you could buy the Platinum Package 4.0. Uh, which aligns your entire hygiene routine all in one swoop. Yeah, let's just pretend that you're living in Los Angeles, somewhere in the Cursed Valley, and it's hot as fuck, uh, possibly going to get to 115, and you're thinking to yourself, how am I going to survive this unnatural place for people to live? One of those things could just be to shave your entire body like a 19th <laughs> century corpse. Did you know? 
I read about this this weekend. <laughs> Did you know that when someone died in the 19th century, they would customarily be shaved from head to toe and then covered in a shroud and left in wow. the family's parlor or living room to be viewed for three days before burial to make sure that they were actually dead. And one of those things that they would do is they would remove all the furniture out of the room where the body was stored and they would place black crepe all around the room and then over any uh, mirrors or things that were hung on the wall they would also put white sheets so there's just a body a hairless body sitting in the middle of this room (laughs) surrounded by black and shrouds and shaved from head to toe just like the products with Manscaped 4.0 you know what I'm hearing from this story is that the 19th century really could have benefited from using the lawnmower 4.0 body trimmer and weed whacker did I mention that this trimmer is waterproof too whether or not you're a 19th century corpse being viewed by family and friends while your family and friends are strengthening the social bonds that will help them overcome your death or you're a person in the today century (laughs) some maybe you're a uh 21st century influencer who has to shave their whole body before doing an Instagram post. And in some ways, I bet you feel like a 19th century corpse being viewed by friends and family while you feel dead inside for three days. You know what? That brings up a great point, Natalia. Is society progressing or is it regressing? Are we all just living in a flat circle of time and nothing has any meaning and we think that we're empowering ourselves by shaving our buttholes and posting it online, but maybe we're not, but maybe we are. And so you have to take that chance, guys, and Mm -hmm. find out for yourself. Something to ponder as you enter Let's Get Haunted at checkout to receive 20% (laughs) off plus free shipping at manscaped.com. And I'd also love to shout out our donors for this episode. I'd love to give a big shout out to Kara H., Brian G., Taylor M., Hannah R., Samantha P, Jessica V, Rachel G, Garrett B, Grim W, and Teresa W. Thank you all so much for donating to our show. I would love to thank Gentry B, Gentry B once more, Pete M, Chad B, Chris P, Owen F, Gentry B again, Garrett B, Gentry B again, Hannah R, Brian G, Kat P, Jennifer P, and Hannah R. And I'd love to give a special thank you to Jennifer P, who made a very generous donation. And Gentry B, as always, thank you guys very, very, very much. Everything counts towards helping us stay alive in this office. It's true. We're constantly on the verge of death uh, and dehydration and heat stroke, but we love it and we're here for you. So thank you very much for donating to our show. And I also recognize the name Chris P because it sounds like crispy. And I wonder if that's intentional or not. Chris P, let us know. Right. Crispy bacon is what I always think of. Yes, exactly right. Natalia, are you ready to get into this week's story? You betcha. Well, good. Because it's happening, we're going to do it. I'm going about to take you on a journey. I'm ready to go on a journey. It's an American journey. Wow. An American journey through America. What yes. time period of America? 
This is that's a great question, but unlike <laughs> usual, I prepared uh, a little intro that I oh. just loved. Normally, I just hop right into telling you about the history of the flag of whatever city I'm yeah, talking about. Yeah, yeah. Where's the Wikipedia facts? Yeah, but here we're skipping some of the facts and we're going straight into the interesting. Oh part. my goodness, I'm so interested. If you were to walk through the quiet forests of northern Georgia, you might come upon Lake Blue Ridge. The crystal clear waters of Lake Blue Ridge fan out like gnarled azure fingers into lakes and streams that twist through skinny tree trunks and mossy boulders. If you were to float far enough south along one of the longest of these fingers, you would eventually come upon a 90-degree bend in the river known as Tilly Bend. And if you felt compelled by some unseen force to swim ashore at this juncture, you would be met with the sight of a very simple, very old wooden church. The church is built in the style of a log cabin, consisting of only one single room filled with just 12 pews organized into two rows of six. At the front of the church, there is a small platform stage, about a foot or so tall, where a preacher's pulpit stands displaying an open antique Bible. Above the church exit are nailed letters that spell out the refrain, Are you saying no to Jesus? <laughs> that, I feel like, is pretty intense. But look, they've made a choice at this church. And upon exiting the church, you would have the option to either turn to the left, towards Old Dial Road, or to the right, where a sloping hillside reveals rows and rows of antique headstones that reach back into the woods. The quality of the headstones and the epitaphs engraved on them reveal clues about just how old this rural fellowship is, with most of those buried in the cemetery having perished in the 1800s. According to an old Christian superstition, the second coming of Christ will show Jesus returning to earth from eastern skies. This superstition is based upon the writings found in the book of Matthew, chapter 24, verse 27. For just as the lightning comes from the east and flashes even to the west, so will the coming of the Son of Man be. It is therefore not surprising to see that most of the headstones and grave markers in this old churchyard are facing to the east, rows and rows of slumbering souls expectantly awaiting the return of their Savior. One headstone in particular, however, still continues to draw the hush of a different kind of superstition, even today. It stands in defiance, or is it shame, facing to the west, for it is thought to be the marker for the grave of the Blue Ridge Witch. Wow. Wait, I couldn't resist going on Google and looking up pictures of this church as you were speaking of it, because I am very fascinated. First of all, I was like, why would a river make a 90 degree turn? That seems improbable. But maybe it's because this church is so haunted that right. the river doesn't even want to go to it. 
Well, lucky for you, Natalia, I took a screenshot of what this lake and river looks like on Google Maps so that you can see how fucking haunted the shape of this lake is because it's not aesthetically pleasing. It's mm. not a big circle. It is definitely like weird, uh, like Pinocchio's nose, uh, but with a disease. Yeah, that's scary. You know, that is not cool of a lake to do that. Yeah, it's like <laughs> it's like spidery, right? It like spreads yeah. out all weird. It reminds me of like any horror movie where like mm-hmm. someone's reading a book and all of a sudden like a black spot yes. starts to form on a page and it's like... And it's creeping out yes. and like crawling. Yeah, it's pretty sketch. Um, I really am excited to learn about haunted Georgia more because I feel like the more we learn about Georgia, the more cursed we realize that it is. It's I would hazard a, a guess and say one of the most cursed states, but also all of the states in their own special way are cursed. Right. Here is a picture of Lake Blue Ridge. Then there's this river that comes down and kind of curves around into this place called Tilly Bend. Mm-hmm. And then off of Tilly Bend is Tilly Bend Church. I'm really excited to learn about this witch, too. It seems weird that they would bury someone's body, like, that they thought was a witch, in the cemetery with all of the other, like, non-witch people. Yes, because as we learned in our Crossroads episode and in that one episode from England, it, it was really rare for people that were considered criminals to be buried in a churchyard. So I'm also going to show you some pictures of this church, starting with... Um, what I consider to be the most disturbing photo. So people still go to this church? It's like a working church? Great question, yes. And it's been there since the 1800s? Yes. I'm going to show you this photo, and I'm, I just want you to say, like, the first thing that comes to your mind. Like, does this look like a welcoming church? Like, I'd really like you to just pick an adjective. <laughs> this, no, I would not go to that church. First, uh, yeah, this is, we're looking at a building that has no windows, <laughs> Um, and it's not like, it looks like a trap. That's what I would say, trap. Because when I think of a church, especially like an old log cabin church, I want it to at least have a cross on it somewhere, right? But right. this just makes me feel like this is demons running the church and they can't have a, they can't have a, uh, a cross on it because it would turn upside down. And maybe them being like, are you saying no to Jesus is like, come to this church where we say no to Jesus. So now I'm showing you a second photo. This is what the inside looks like. And against the top of the wall, it says, are you saying no to Jesus? Yeah, the inside of this. It's I can't describe how small this is, guys. Like this is like literally a shoebox church made of all wood. Okay, now from the inside, it has two windows, but they're like tiny windows on the side. Because normally I feel like when you have a church, you think of like stained glass windows Mm -hmm. and like big cathedral like tall ceilings and stuff and like lots of pews this is one two three four like five pews on each side yeah it's just scary and i don't i i'm scared and i don't understand who would want to be the person who stands at that bible there yeah and it's also when like the picture of the outside of the church those there's these two little lights on the front that just look like weird glowing eyes yeah it just looks very creepy um, if you'd like to see photos of any of the things we're talking about in today's episode, you can go to at Let's Get Haunted on Instagram and check them out with us in real time. To understand the story of the Blue Ridge Witch, we need to go all the way back to Georgia in the 1700s. According to the Encyclopedia Britannica, this region of Georgia was occupied in the 1700s by the Creek Tribe. 
The creek's first contact with Europeans is thought to have occurred in the 1500s, when Spaniards first invaded their territory. As a consequence of this experience, the Creeks would later ally themselves with the English colonists, who began migrating from North and South Carolina to Northern Georgia in the early 1700s. Together, the English and Creek fought against the Appalachian people and the Spanish. This allied partnership resulted in English and Creek people living together, intermarrying, having children, and establishing homesteads in this region of northern Georgia. As such, this particular area is found to have a combination of both Creek and English culture and beliefs. As the 1700s progressed, the Cherokee people found their way into this region and proceeded to push the Creek out until eventually the only Creek that remained in the area were those that were living on these aforementioned homesteads. The two main families that remained were the Stanley family and the Tilly family. The Tilly family homestead is said to have been somewhere near where the Tilly Bend Church stands today, and the Stanley family lived on the opposite side of the ridge on their homestead known as Stanley Gap. One of the members of the Tilly clan was a man named Tillman Tilly. Born February 15, 1816 in Wilkes, North Carolina, Tillman would marry a woman of Creek ancestry named Prudence Presley on August 13, 1837. Together, the couple had six children, Martha, Benjamin, William, Lewis, Elizabeth, and George Washington. Wait, jo you're the George Washington? No, they just named their child after George Washington, I guess. I don't oh, know. Oh, that's interesting. Their fifth child, Elizabeth Jane Tilly, was born February 28, 1846, in North Carolina. The whole family would eventually move to Georgia and establish the Tilly homestead, which included the Tilly Bend Church. Elizabeth would go on to marry a man named Jason Riley Bradley, and together they had seven children. According to local legend, two of her daughters would go on to marry men in the area. One of these men was part of the Tilly clan, and the other man was part of the Stanley clan. While it is unknown exactly why this happened, local oral tradition agrees that a feud broke out between the Tillys and the Stanleys. Apparently, Elizabeth had earned the reputation of being a fearsome quote-unquote witch doctor, feared by all of the Tillys and the Stanleys in the settlements. The feud between the families escalated when, at the turn of the century, a group of Stanleys shot into the Tilly Bin Church during one of their services. The preacher, who was a Tilly, several members of the congregation, and one of Elizabeth's daughters were all killed during this mass shooting. After grieving and burying their dead in the cemetery by the church, some of the men in the Tilly family met late that night to carry out revenge. Wait a second, hold on, back up. Who shot into this church? So there's these two groups of people that live in this area, and they have homesteads. Right. So one is the Stanley and the family. And the Tilly Tiltills. And uh, the other one is Mr. <laughs> Tilly Til Tillman. And then the Stanleys, we don't know why at this point, but for some reason, local legend always starts at this point in the story, where the Stanleys sent some men over to the Tilly clan homestead and 
Murdered them. Yes. While yeah. the Tillies are like having their church service in this weird, creepy church that you just looked at. Yeah. You know, they're singing hymns, praising the Lord, not That's saying no to Jesus. Super fucked up. Yeah. The Stanleys just like come in with their, you know, ni- 1800s, 1900s musket and they just shoot as many people as they can in the church. Wow. Um, I am going to boycott Stanley Steamers from ever <laughs> cleaning my carpets. Absolutely not. Let's leave a bad Yelp review. Let's <laughs> Yes. Let's leave a misguided <laughs> Yelp review. After grieving and burying their dead in the cemetery by the church, some of the men in the Tilly family met late that night to carry out revenge. Sneaking into Stanley Gap and murdering several Stanley men as they slept, including the husband of Elizabeth's second daughter. This daughter, who was pregnant at the time, would wake up to the sight of her battered and bloody husband lying next to her with his throat slit and go into early labor from the shock and trauma of the sight. Adding even more tragedy to this already horrific tale, She would then die during childbirth, which would result in the death of her unborn child as well. This child was Elizabeth's grandchild. So I'm going to pause here for a second because there's like a lot of people involved in this story. But do you understand what's happening so far? Yes. One of the survivors of this mass shooting was this pregnant lady and her husband. No. So that's why I paused because it took me a while. I had to read this like eight times before I was like, oh, that's what's going on. So there's these two families, the Tillys and the Stanleys. Right. On the Tilly side, there's this lady named Elizabeth who everyone thinks is a witch. Oh. This lady, Elizabeth, she has seven kids and then two of them are daughters. One of the daughters goes on to marry a Stanley and another daughter goes on to marry somebody that lives within the Tilly clan. Even though the Tilly and the Stanleys historically have some beef. They have some beef. Yeah. Right. Okay. So then this mass shooting happens where the Stanleys murder a bunch of Tillys in the church. Yeah. Then the Tillys decide or a group of people within the Tillys decides to retaliate and they go and they kill a bunch of Stanleys. But the Tillys are thinking, well, we're so much better than the Stanleys because the Stanleys just shot into a church and they killed a woman, one of Elizabeth's daughters. Uh And we're not going to do that. We're going to be like very civilized and we're going to go and only slit the throats of the men that are sleeping, not the women. So they go and they kill as many men as they can before people start waking up and then they leave. And it turns out one of the men that they killed was the husband of Elizabeth's other daughter. They upset the witch. Yeah. Well, perhaps. Yeah. So then the daughter wakes up, sees this horrific sight, and she was pregnant at the time right. and goes into early labor from the stress and then ends up dying during childbirth. And then her child also dies during childbirth. So sad. So now Elizabeth has lost her first daughter during that church mass shooting mm-hmm. and then her second daughter as a consequence of the violence, right? right? Like, they didn't actually slit her throat or shoot her, right. but she ended up dying because of the violence inflicted upon her husband. Yeah. Yeah. At this point, Elizabeth had lost so many members of her community, including two of her daughters and a grandchild. One of her daughters had died in the church shooting at the hands of the Stanleys, and her other daughter had died as a consequence of her husband being murdered by the Tillies. In her anguish and grief, 
It is said that she placed a curse upon both of the clans in retaliation for their deaths. While Elizabeth was said to be generally feared in the area, the clans initially did not take her curse very seriously. However, as time marched on, all of the pregnant women on the homesteads began to give birth to stillborn babies. What's more, young children in the area also began to die from a series of mysterious illnesses and accidents. After about a year straight of child deaths, the Tilly clan decided that enough was enough. They grabbed Elizabeth from her bed one night and marched her out into the cemetery where all of the babies and children had been buried. They marched her up to a tall, old oak tree, which still stands today in the center of the graveyard. They tossed a rope over one of the tree's boughs and tied the other end in a noose around Elizabeth's neck. Before yanking her up off the ground to hang, the townsfolk in attendance asked if she had any final words to say. Elizabeth is said to have had a terrifyingly angry expression on her face as she slowly smiled and simply said, I'll be back to get you all. The villagers then strung her up by her neck and watched her suffocate to death as she squirmed in the air. Once she was determined to be dead, she was cut down from the tree. Local legend states that her body fell facing west, a clear indication that she was indeed a witch, and they buried her directly where her body fell behind the tree, placing her headstone also facing west since her soul was thought to be beyond salvation. After she was buried, everyone assumed that life would resume as normal and that the curse uttered by Elizabeth would be broken. However, infant deaths continued amongst the two homesteads, even fanning out into other nearby settlements. It seemed that in death, Elizabeth's witchcraft would only get stronger. The families got together to discuss what could be done to break the curse. Elizabeth's final words rang in their heads, echoing in their memories. I'll be back to get you all. Could it be possible that Elizabeth was still here somewhere? her soul lingering from beyond the grave, continuing to wreak havoc upon those who had killed her? The townsfolk came to the conclusion that during her death, Elizabeth must have used her witchcraft to jump into the body of the nearest woman present. Oh my god. Her sister-in-law, Mary Tilly Bradley. I don't understand why they're punishing this witch for for killing these newborn um, children when they just fucking went in and massacred all of these people. Some of them were women and children inside of the church. Yeah, look, there's really no protagonist of this story except for the Blue Ridge Witch. Like, right. she was doing what needed to be done, in my opinion. She's yeah. like, okay, you're going to mass shoot into a church and then slit the throats of people while they sleep and don't have a chance to defend themselves. Well, guess what? Like, fuck you. I've lost everything I love. Right. Now it's time for you to lose everything you love. Mm. Many pointed out that Elizabeth's sister-in-law, Mary Tilly Bradley, had been acting strangely ever since the day that her sister-in-law was hung. Uh, nothing to do with the <laughs> fact that her sister-in-law was just hung in front of her. Nothing to do with the mass shooting yeah. that had happened at the Tilly clan. I'm sure, like, that's not fucking her up as well. <laughs> 
Could she now be channeling the witchcraft and curse of Elizabeth Bradley? Of course. <laughs> it's logical. Yeah. It's only logical. Not wanting to take any chances, both clans decided to seize Mary in the middle of the night and hang her from the same oak tree one year to the day of Elizabeth's death. Oh, perfect. That will really help the whole situation. Despite the fact that she was murdered in the same way as a witch, Mary was given a proper burial with her headstone facing east since she was ultimately determined to not be at fault. Merely an empty vessel used by the vile Blue Ridge witch's evil magic. Hmm. In the following years, more babies continued to die. At one point, there were so many deaths that the families ran out of headstones. Instead, using rough-hewn stones and rocks as the only markers for many of the little bodies buried in the churchyard. Again, suspicions lay on Elizabeth and her dark magic. She must have found another vessel to occupy to keep killing everyone's children. I mean, as a pregnant person that is trying to avoid, like, stress and strain and any, like, unnecessary sort of... Um, like fear at all because it could put stress on you and your unborn child I feel like something that could possibly be making all of these stillborns is like thinking in the back of your head that there's a curse put on you and your community and that your child is going to come out stillborn and there's not enough fucking headstones for all of the right. babies and like all of these things are just things that like pregnant women should not be thinking about at all right well and also in the 1800s it's not like life expectancy and, like, childbirth were very successful things anyway. Yeah. Like, you probably... I don't have the stats, but I'll make one up. Right. I'm sure it was, like, a 7 in 10 chance that you die during right. childbirth, right? <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's it's rough. It's rough out there. Yeah. It's rough. They had, like, no idea how to deliver children. They couldn't tell if a baby was breached or if it wasn't. They didn't know what your pelvis was like. They had. They just didn't know anything. And I'm sure they're not, you know... Uh, like eating and drinking what they should be. No, in fact, I'm sure they're they're eating and drinking what they shouldn't be because <laughs> yeah. there's probably no doctor in either right. of these uh, homesteads. Yeah, and like they're supposed to just be sitting, you know, chilling, and instead they're like chopping wood and praying 24 hours a day that their child won't be like taken by a witch and going into other people's settlements at night and slitting their throats. It's a very yeah. stressful life. Yeah, yeah. So. Essentially, the townsfolk decide because there's still all these child deaths, somebody else, Elizabeth's soul must have jumped then from her sister-in-law that they just hung and jumped into somebody else. Mm -hmm. And of course, it can only be a woman. So they start looking around and trying to figure out who's acting the weirdest out of these two clans. And they settle upon two sisters, one of whom was supposedly named Polly Long. And they can't decide which of these two sisters is acting weirder. So they decide that they're going to hang them both. So they go ahead and they proceed to march these sisters out in the middle of the night in the same way that they did to Elizabeth, in the same way that they did to Mary. And they string them up by the same bough of the same oak tree in the same churchyard and suffocate them to death. Because something I learned from this story is when you hang people, normally 
you would put the noose around the neck and then the floor would drop out from under them and that yeah. breaks their neck. But this way they just suffocate. This one, they hoisted them up yeah. off the ground. So what they ended up doing, it didn't break their neck because there's no force to break their neck. So they're right. all just suffocating and it takes like three minutes for each of them to die. So it's extremely painful death. Time went on and soon babies and children stopped dying. Leading oh, it worked. <laughs> oh, finally. Yeah. So the witch really was in the two sisters. I mean, I'm not ruling it out. <laughs> Time went on and soon babies and children stopped dying, leading the ancestors of the original homesteaders to feel that the curse had finally been lifted. However, in 1950, villagers awoke to find the Tilly Bend Church on fire. An investigation by the local sheriff determined that the fire had been intentionally set, but no culprit was ever found. Could the ghost of Elizabeth be back, many wondered? In 1980, the church again went up in flames. This time, too, the authorities determined it must have been arson. And again, no suspect was ever found. The Bible that is still used today in the church is said to be the same Bible that was present at both fires and is even said to still have burn marks on some of its binding and pages. In both cases, the burned and charred parts of the church were rebuilt and the church is said to remain active today despite having a congregation of only eight parishioners. According to author Jeremy Byers in an article for Vocal Media, some people claim to see Elizabeth Bradley's ghost wandering the graveyard at Tilly Bend Church, while others see the ghost of Mary Tilly Bradley. Some see Polly Long. Supposedly, if you call out for Polly Long around the church, you will hear a scream and see a bright circle of light racing towards you, but right before it's about to hit you, it disappears. A boy named Keith Stanley, thought to be one of the child victims of Elizabeth, is also said to roam the churchyard, wanting to tell his tragic tale to guests. If he appears, the witches are said to grab at visitors' legs to try to pull them underground, and some have claimed to feel a pulling sensation on their legs. Most people claim that they only see these ghostly apparitions during daylight hours. Some claim to hear babies crying while walking around the property, and some also see unexplained paranormal orbs that float through the area. So this haunting is very interesting to me because while people have reported seeing things in the church and in the churchyard at night, more people say that they see full body apparitions of like stereotypical witch right. looking ghost woman yeah. walking through the churchyard. Right. Like a pilgrim lady. Yeah. With like a hooky nose. Yes. Yeah. Like warts on her hands. Yeah. And like. <laughs> exactly. And some people say that like that the witch that they see sometimes has a noose around its neck. And Ooh. and other times it just has like the marks of like like bloody marks around its neck of like cuts. <sighs> I mean. Side note, what a sick Halloween costume would it be to show up in, like, a pilgrim outfit with a noose around your neck? 
Okay, as you were saying that, I was thinking that would be really fucking sick. But also, what happens if a crazy person runs up to you and just starts strangling you with oh your own god. noose? Oh my god. And then the next Halloween, you do a couple's costume where you dress up as the person who was murdered with the noose around their neck. Yes. And then there's just another person in regular clothes behind you that's pretending to strangle you with it. And then what do you do at that point as like an onlooker who doesn't know what's happening? You just take a sip of your beer and say, Halloween's what a crazy holiday. (laughs) (laughs) And that is the story, Natalia, of the Blue Ridge Witch. I love that story. I just want more and more and more. Tell me more. Make some stuff up. I don't want it to end. I've got some firsthand accounts of people that have been to this church. In a YouTube comment on a video uploaded by some vloggers who visited the location, user Sean Stratton said the following. So I was actually there this weekend for the first time in 20 years because we were in the area and my wife has never believed me about my story from 20 years ago. My brother, several friends and I went on Halloween in 1999. We had always heard that the graveyard was haunted. The reason I haven't been back, besides the fact that going to hang out in a rural church parking lot late at night is kind of weird, we actually did have an experience that night. Another group from my school, I had just graduated, went the next year and they actually had something follow them back home and harass them. What did they, what, what, tell more. My experience is we were parked in the parking lot facing the graveyard, which is facing uphill, and throughout the night, the angel at the top left of the graveyard when viewing from the parking lot grew, shrunk, and disappeared altogether. When we first pulled up there, it looked like it was crying, moss growing on the face of the angel statue. Around 11.30 or midnight that night is when we had the event that caused us to leave with a quickness. As I mentioned earlier, we were parked facing uphill. The entire night, things were fine. At that point, we were sitting in our cars, waiting for it to get late enough to where we could reasonably say we stayed until late. All of a sudden, my truck, a manual that was shut off and in gear with the emergency brake engaged, started groaning and rolling backwards down the hill. That was enough to freak me out, so I took off. When we got up to Blue Ridge, we pulled into the Food Lion parking lot so I could trade my passenger for my brother. We looked at my truck and there were handprints all over my car, some of them the size of a baby's and some significantly larger than a normal person's handprint. I've never experienced the paranormal prior, but that place has something there. Whether it's supposed to be a witch or something else, but legit this place has something. That is so creepy to me. I also feel like this Stanton character is like one of the people from the 1700s who's like a ghost on YouTube. Just because the way they were talking, they were like, we stayed there to admit that we were there of late. And with a quickness, we scurried away and be found that my truck, which had been befelled once more. You know what I mean? I'm like, this person's speaking. Dude, reading the comments from people that are, like, native Georgians was so difficult to decipher what they were saying. Wait, that was a native Georgian? Yeah. This guy's from Atlanta who wrote this comment. So a lot of so all of the comments I'm going to read are from people that live in Georgia who have gone to this church because this is, like, 
such a local legend. Like, it's really taken on a life of its own. Pretty much everyone in the area knows about it. And some of the comments are, like, written. Have you... You frequent TikTok, right? Yeah. I'm I'm starting to get a little more into (laughs) it. So, there is a TikTok lady, and all she does is translate Britney Spears' Instagram captions. (laughs) And because she's like, hey, I know it looks like it's all run-on sentences and stuff, but, like, this is legit just how we talk in the South. Right. And so, she'll read them with, like, the proper inflection and stuff, and then all the captions, that like, suddenly make perfect sense, and you're like, oh, shit. Yeah, you have to read it like a Bass Pro shop. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So a lot of these comments I'm reading, I've paraphrased to be like able to be understood. So you have the witch accent. No, no. This man did have a witch accent. Okay. He definitely did. He's a very uh, learned man (laughs) is what I took away from his comment. But isn't that fucking creepy? So they pull up to the churchyard super late at night. He and his friends, they've heard this legend before and they're just graduated high school. They puts the car uh, in park, puts the emergency brake on. And as you're looking at this churchyard, there is a statue of an angel mm-hmm. in the churchyard. And it has like moss growing around it. Like this is an old creepy fucking church as right. we've already discussed. Right. And as it gets later and later and later, the angel starts to like change shape and shrink. And then eventually by the end of the night, the statue is not there anymore and they don't get out of their car. They're just sitting in their car oh. watching this happen. Oh, okay. So that, I was just picturing like a bunch of kids get there. They park their cars. They get out. They're like walking around and stuff. And they're like, well, that angel looked different than like when we walked by here earlier. Right. Yeah. And like freaking themselves out. But if they're just in their cars the whole time watching this, that is so scary. Exactly. And they, the reason why they even went there in the first place is because it was kind of a dare. Like, oh, we're going to say we stayed till midnight. Right. So they, they're too freaked out to get out of the car, but they're like, okay, we're going to for sure we're going to try to make it till midnight then they see this angel just like fucking disappearing in front of their eyes and then the car all of a sudden starts rolling back even though it's in park with the e-brake on and so then they zoom out of there they get back into blue ridge which is the nearest town and they park in a public place they get out they're looking at the car trying to figure out like why did it roll back is something wrong with it and there's nothing wrong with the car except for like this is a dirty car and all around the car now are these little baby handprints and then a couple of handprints that are like larger than a human's what were the large handprints like demons like what is that i don't know i i would ask our listeners what does it mean if you find i would say probably a demon right or like maybe a witch like something that has like enough power in death to generate like an imposing figure Mm. i don't know or maybe a cryptid or bigfoot who's to fucking say yeah still others who have visited the church at night report hearing a deep growling and snarling noise along with the clinking of metal chains the red eyes of hellhounds guarding the body of elizabeth are said to appear on the outskirts of the cemetery. And there's also a connection between this location and the lore of the black-eyed kids that we covered in episode 120. What? Apparently, there have been several occasions where those visiting the graveyard late at night have heard scuffling, children giggling, and tiny whispers coming from the forest around the cemetery. One witness reported seeing several small pale white children with completely black eyes emerge from the woods, knock on the witness's car windows, and ask if they could get a ride to the next town over. That is a black-eyed kid. 
According to the witnesses, these children were not human. Again, that is a black-eyed kid. But this kind of spawned off in this discussion online that I was reading about, like, the black-eyed kids are said to be found at this cemetery. But right. so are the black-eyed kids demons and not aliens? Well, or yes, yes, or and or this cemetery is mostly full of ch- children. Could it be that the children that died from the curse put on them by an alleged witch turn into or are cursed or doomed to turn into black-eyed kids in death and all they can do is wander around confused asking for rides? I mean, I wouldn't be surprised. Nor would I. (laughs) And now I am going to show you some pictures of this cemetery that I'd like you to describe to our audience. Yeah, I'm really into this right now. I don't know why. I feel like this shouldn't be in Georgia. For some reason in my mind, I've set this in like Massachusetts or Vermont, like on a hill. You like know? Roanoke. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And there's like big imposing trees. I guess they have that in Georgia. Um, I don't really know much about rural Georgia, so I my mind didn't paint it there. But that's what I'm picturing. Okay. There the website Alyssa just sent me is called Historic Rural Churches Yep. There's tons of these all over rural Georgia. It's so creepy, like these old churches. I don't know what it is about them, but I I feel like just like old buildings in general are scary. And then like if they're like a really small little haunted shack, it's weird to me that they still have stuff here going on. Okay, I'm scrolling through these pictures and yeah, it's just terrifying. There's, I don't know why, but when I was picturing a, a graveyard, I was picturing like little headstones, whatever, like historic. These are big headstones, like giant tombstones. Um, and yeah, I'm looking at them. This one says born 1794, died 1880. What? That person was like super old. Okay. That's witchcraft. Yeah. Yeah, Super creepy. That's just not, I don't like that. Yeah. So there are some of those little historic like headstones and markers, but some of them are really big and the church is also not the only building on the property. There's the church, a graveyard, and another modest wood building, which is the church's fellowship hall. And according to Georgia resident Megan Paget in an article for hauntedhovel.com, she said that local legend in the area recounts that the original minister who preached at Tilly Bend was found hanging inside the fellowship hall one day. What? When was this? This would have been before the mass shooting. So before the guy that took over for that pastor? Yeah. Apparently, the original pastor was hung to death in the church. That's Just scary. found hanging. That's, like, why, why all of these church murders? Megan Paget goes on to write that while she was in the graveyard, she felt the presence of a child and heard him saying, help me, please. Megan writes, he kept tugging me until I was again at his grave. I looked around to see what he was scared of. And up the hill over a gravestone, I saw a shadow. It was a tall man in a black top hat. He was dressed in a nice suit and just watched the child for a minute before disappearing. I wonder if the guy who was in charge of hanging all the women was haunted. That's what I'm thinking as I'm hearing like a man in a top hat wearing black, dressed nice. Like I feel like that would be an executioner, right? 
In the comments of this article, an anonymous user wrote something very compelling that I am going to paraphrase here because the way Southern people type is not conducive to a podcast, but love your guys' accents, they're great. I visited up there last night from 10 p.m. to midnight with my sister, and the entire time I felt like I was being watched. We went looking for the witch and ended up sitting down together on a bench just talking. We were both sitting on the bench and then felt like something was holding both of our hands. We both looked down and nothing was there. Then we both looked back up to see a woman hanging by a noose from the tree. While we watched, both the hall lights of the church and motion sensor lights by the trees came on. My sister instantly went into pain, which she described as a labor pain, like when she had my nephew. Then, both of our phones quit working, and in the back of my head, I decided it was time to go. We heard a cackling sound and felt like an executioner was near. We felt children's spirits and the women's spirits are at unrest. They aren't at peace, and we feel that they will haunt these woods forever. Well, do something about it. What the fuck? Like, when you find right? out people... If you have that ability and you find out there's, like, souls suffering, you're just like, yep, these souls are suffering. See you later. <laughs> but what would you do? What would you do to set souls free? Um, I don't know. Like, read a book on setting souls free or, like, hire someone who says they have that ability. Right? You take on that responsibility? If I, if I was standing in a place and I was getting... Uh, I was seeing like spirits and hearing children be like, help me, help me. I wouldn't, I couldn't just like walk away from that. Like maybe you would leave because you were scared, but you would contact someone and be like, hey, go fucking figure this shit out. <laughs> you know? Well, maybe she did. We don't know. But another anonymous user responded saying, my aunt and uncle and I went to Tilly Bend yesterday. We did not really know about the history of the area. All we knew was that there was a feud between two families and that it was haunted. We arrived at the cemetery and we looked around and took some pictures. We got to the back and then my aunt called me over in a kind of scared panic. I ran over to where she was standing and she said to feel the air. So I pulled my sleeves up and the air was freezing cold. You would step away from the grave and nothing. It was just normal air. Then you would step back and it would be freezing. It was very weird. We also heard some gunshots, and we thought it could be some kind of spirit reminding us of the feud, or possibly reliving the feud and the shootings that had happened that night when the Stanleys shot the Tillies in the church. The only other thing that happened is when we were taking pictures, the pictures would suddenly disappear and then reappear again, and my phone battery went from 50% to dead in the blink of an eye when I tried to take a picture of an orb. Weird things happened at this place, and we hope to go back very soon. Wow, that is not the first time I've heard of someone's phone destroying evidence. Yes, wait, you've you've told me this before. Yes, um, yeah, so I can't remember what episode it was, but we talked about in the intro how um, this dude was talking about how when you take pictures with UFOs on your phone... Sometimes they would, like, disappear or, like, your phone doesn't, like, take in the right light or whatever to see them. So it's better to take with, like, a disposable or to take with the flash on or something oh, like that. Remember? Oh, yeah. I do remember that. Yeah, like, film cameras are harder for paranormal entities to manipulate than digital. 
Yeah, or it's just the government hiding ghosts from us. I mean, who can ever say? I would never put it past this government to hide the paranormal from us. Absolutely. They want us to believe that they're absolute power when we know otherwise. (laughs) Another anonymous user commented, I have heard many stories about Tilly Bin Church and the hauntings. A group of my friends and I decided to go there to see what would happen. We arrived about 10 p.m., and upon getting out of the car, we heard what seemed to be someone screaming. We walked to the top of the cemetery without anything unusual happening besides that screaming noise. We went back to our cars, but turned back around one last time toward the cemetery and shone our flashlights up there. We saw what looked like a bunch of red eyes flashing back at us. We were all standing in a tight group when suddenly small rocks began to hit the ground at our feet as if someone was standing in the cemetery throwing stuff at us. At this point, we decided to leave. A couple of months later, we went back with yet another group of friends. One of the people with us told us he could talk to the dead. We arrived around 10 p.m. again and walked to the top of the cemetery. When we got there, the guy who claimed to be a medium began screaming that something was up there and that we needed to leave. He told us to run and seemed to be possessed by something. I didn't go back to Tilly Bend again until about a year later with one of my friends. We arrived at the church and said a prayer before starting up the hill to Elizabeth's grave. We had cell phones with cameras and a digital camera with us. My friend said she felt a cold sensation as we reached the grave of Polly Long, one of the women who was hung for being possessed by Elizabeth's spirit. Then we walked out to a grave marker that looks to be shaped a bit like a set of horns. My friend turned on an EVP machine that picks up paranormal activity, and suddenly it started beeping and the lights turned red on it. She said, if you are here, speak into the box. And the sound went crazy on it, with sounds like a faraway grunt and then words. The words were as follows. Lies, turn, communicate, gates, burn, dug. My friend and I also took several pictures, and in those pictures there are numerous orbs. If you look closely at one of the pictures, you can see what looks like a baby's face inside one of the orbs. Another of the orbs looks like half of a woman's face, but the other half of her face is a skeleton. This experience I cannot explain, but I know that it was totally different from anything else that I have ever had before. I am not a teenager trying to tell ghost stories. I am someone that truly experienced something that cannot be explained by myself or my friends that were with me that night. Oh my god, that is terrifying. Did they send the pictures? No. So in this, so this is basically a blog that was written by Megan Paget on hauntedhovel.com, and I'll link it in the show notes. But people were just responding, and the way that the comments work is you enter your own name, kind of like 4chan, and so a lot of it is just anonymous, anonymous, anonymous. And she said she was going to post photos, but then you can't tell who's her and who's not her, and I didn't see any photos posted. Damn, but fucking that's a creepy crazy though. story. Yeah, the thing about the spirit box saying all of that. Ugh. Ugh, freaks me out. A user named Shelby Martin then commented, writing, My husband and I visited Tilly Bin Church on April 3rd, 2015. We had a harrowing experience, and I need to talk to someone about it. We saw what we believe were two ghosts. 
The ghost spoke to us off of Eaton Road and told us to not go up the mountain towards Tilly Bend. One looked as if he were shot in the face by his nose, and the other was bleeding from his mouth. We stopped for directions when these two men just popped out of nowhere, telling us to turn around now and yelling at us. They didn't have pupils, and all you could see was a bright blue iris that filled up their entire eye. One had some sort of cast or boot on his leg like it was broken, but it didn't look like a cast or boot that's modern. It looked old. Our GPS that is up to date took us in circles about six times while we were looking for the church before we saw these men. One of them was smoking an old-fashioned cigarette, but it didn't smell and no smoke came out. Then we went to turn the car around and the two men were just gone. <laughs> like what? What do you even do with this information? Yeah, she's I like, don't I know. have to fucking tell someone about this. Like, I've been holding this in. Yeah, I don't know. I was just like sitting there staring at Alyssa, like just like listening, right? And then she just stopped talking and looked at me. And I was like, that was the end of it. There's just no yes. resolution. No, it's she's over. She's just like traumatized. She's like, all right, guys, I found this blog. People are talking. Thank fuck. I need to like reveal some information about this thing that happened to me when my husband and I were trying to go up to Tilly Bend Church. It's interesting because she said like she kept leaving all these little traces as if to be like, this is weird. Right. But when she said like these two men, one was shot in the face and one had like a crazy cast on. Um, and they like appeared out of nowhere and they had blue lights shining out of their eyes yeah. with no irises. I was like, that's enough. Like, you don't yeah. have to tell me any more details about like what they're wearing or like their cigarette didn't have smoke and didn't smell like those seem irrelevant, like compared to the rest of it. You know, I, it's, it's such a crazy fucking image. And I just imagine this like southern like middle-aged woman who went up there with her husband thinking they're gonna have a fun little ghost adventure and then she just sees like the most horrifying thing i can ever imagine seeing first of all if i saw two men in a forest regardless of whether or not they were ghosts i would be frightened but these were ghost men with yeah. no pupils why were their eyes shining blue i don't know i don't know yeah we need someone who's a medium needs to tell us then, okay, there is a YouTube vlog with less than a thousand views uploaded by a girl named Sabrina Workman of her and her friends visiting Tillybend Church and Cemetery at night. In that video, they run into the pastor of the church who ends up opening the church up for them and lets them inside while telling them stories. Okay, that's a haunted pastor and I kind of am here for that. First of all, this dude was tatted up had a little like newsboy cap on and he's the, a hipster pastor yes, that teaches in a haunted pastor in the church. middle of like a rural fucking forest yeah, that's cool it was pretty cool but so it's it's an interesting vlog i'm also going to link it in the show notes but basically these teenage girls and a couple teenage boys like they're like ooh, and it's you know it's one of those like classic vlogs where like there are no cuts at all so they're just like it's like um it's old school vlog Blair Witch yeah, yeah yeah so they're just it's like found footage totally so they're just holding like a shit it's like 240p it's filmed in 240p so they're just holding like a shitty camera phone they're like walking around it's super pitch black you can't even see anything as like the person watching this and they're just like oh that must be the church oh my god the ten commandments are posted everywhere all over this place like oh that must be the cemetery and then all of a sudden you just hear someone go 
hello? And they're like, what the fuck? You know? And it turns out to be the pastor. And he's like, hey, are like, who are you guys? Like, why are you here? And they're like, oh, we're sorry. We just like heard a ghost story. And we like decided to come here and like they're check inside it out. the church. No, they're outside the church. Why is the pastor outside the church in the dark? Apparently he so he goes on to say that there's been a lot of vandalism because this church has like become such a local legend. Yeah. Which I'm going to talk about some of the vandalism in a little bit. But I guess he was just out there fucking guarding the area or maybe like working in the fellowship hall, that other building. That's pretty suspicious to me. Oh, it's very suspicious. It gets more suspicious. Is this a ghost or is this a man? I don't know. So he's he's like, oh, yeah, like this church is boarded up tighter than Fort Knox, but I'll let you guys in. And he literally has to open like a crazy ass deadbolt. There's two giant thick doors to even get into this stupid little one room church. Then they go in and he's like, all of this is bullshit. These local legends like they're not true. None of them are true. Um and like basically kids just come out here looking for ghosts and they're really disrespectful and they like fuck up the headstones and some people have stolen elizabeth tilly bradley's headstone like the witch like that's been stolen several times one time he came out and like was like because he's basically a caretaker as well because it's such a small church there's only eight people that go there so he said one day he was like walking around the headstone was just gone and he's like great it got fucking stolen again and then he was walking through the woods and saw that it was just laying in the middle of the woods and the kids are like well did you like see anyone like throw it and he was like no but i know that's what happened like kids come they vandalize they like throw shit into the woods but i would hazard a guess here and say could if you're not seeing any children do right. the vandalism was it ghosts was it ghosts and who then, wanted the headstone out of the cemetery. Exactly. Yeah. And then he also uh, tells the girl that's filming the vlog that he has awoken before to find Polly Long's headstone, headstone gone. And because of that, he's occasionally had to like pay out of pocket for new grave markers or like go and search the woods and then he'll find the markers in the woods. So this has happened more than once. And he is like, basically this dude is like a super skeptic. And he just says like, all of these legends are wrong. And he went above and beyond, which I kind of love. He handed them each a pamphlet that he made where he compiled all of the like legends that he's heard from kids that come to the church. And he's like, these are just urban legends. And he thinks that these urban legends can be traced back to 1982 when an author wrote a short story called The Cold Hand. And in this story, the author supposedly wrote, there's a witch buried off Aska Road and on her tombstone is written, I will return. So according to the pastor, when locals read this story, the only church they knew of close to a road that was called Aska Road was Tilly Bend Church. So they went up there and decided that Polly Long and Elizabeth Tilly were witches and then created this urban legend around it. However, for reasons I will explain momentarily and briefly, that's, uh, he's, he's exaggerating because there are parts of this story that we can prove happened. And also, I, find, I just find it suspicious that he's so defensive. And I searched for an entire day trying to find the story of the cold hand. Can't find it. Yeah, sir, you are a pastor who was alone in the dark outside of a haunted church at a cemetery, <laughs> and uh, I'm going to venture to say that's pretty sketch. Also, what's in this for you? I mean, I know you're a pastor, like you're supposed to just like do things for the love of God, etc. But like, have you no ambition to like, you know, 
have a bigger congregation like that's yeah. sketch like also, what are you and these eight people doing right. are you guys summoning the dead what's happened here let's are, burn them right are you descendants from the tilly clan are you descendants from the stanley clan are is everyone that goes to this church just a fucking ghost yeah yes is the answer so i'm gonna drop just like a little clip in right here from that vlog that i mentioned and i'm gonna link the full vlog in the in the uh, show notes if anyone wants to watch it like definitely go support this girl because it has less than a thousand views and i love the ambition of teenagers of going into haunted locations yeah but i'm just gonna drop a little clip so this head this covers all the legends that are out here and when they started right down to the year and sometimes to the author. Uh, the Elizabeth Bradley one is the new witch one. The, it's really a continuance of the 1982 thing that came out. Yeah, the, in 1982 it came out about Polly Long and they kind of just switched everything over. In my, the, what the original was is from a book called The Cold Hand. The guy just wrote, uh, which buried off Aska Road and on our tombstone it says I will return. Well, you know, we're not really off Asker Road. We're kind of near Asker, but not very far. Uh, right after the can the cannibal thing started, and then after the break-ins, I started staying out here all the time. Then the ghost story was there's a cannibal hanging out in the graveyard running everybody off. In this clip, the pastor mentions that the church where it stands now is not the original location of the church. And so his whole point is like, that's how you know the story's bullshit, because where the church is located now is not where it would have been located at the time that Elizabeth died. So like throws everything into question then. Okay, so I looked into it and yes, that's true, but I'm gonna explain why the story could still be legit. So historian and author Clay Ramsey wrote the following for historicruralchurches.com. According to courthouse records, on December 19, 1857, a man named Martin Free offered a deed of a gift on a three-acre lot in a gully near the Tokoa River to a group of believers who formed the Mount Pleasant Baptist Church, the predecessor of Tilly Bend Baptist Church. By the next year, they had built a log church on the property from timber felled on the Isaac Davis farm across the road and established a congregation. A school was started in the church building by 1879. The school moved with the church once, then in 1903, they built their own schoolhouse near the church. The teachers were dedicated and area lore preserves the memory of two school teachers who confronted moonshiners while working a still nearby the school. The threat they posed to the virtue of the students was eliminated when the intrepid teachers chased them off. By 1926, the school was shuttered and its students were transferred to local alternatives. On January 14, 1899, Benjamin M. Tilly provided a deed of gift to the Mount Pleasant Church. The members reorganized the congregation on January 17, 1921, according to church minutes. Between 1925 and 1931, the Tacoa Electric Power Company, a subsidiary of the Tennessee Electric Power Company, constructed a dam in the area and created Tacoa, later Blue Ridge, Lake. The meeting place for the original Tilly Church was submerged when the reservoir was created, forcing the congregation to move to Old Dial Road on higher ground. There they remain to this day, though their building has gone through several iterations. In 1950, there was a fire, and another in the late 1980s. The pulpit Bible still has burn marks on it from these fires. But it and the small band of believers survived, and they rebuilt both times. 
In the meantime, on September 28, 1958, they were reorganized as Tilly Bend Baptist Church with the ordination of Paul Montgomery as pastor. In all likelihood, they had always been known as Tilly Bend Church, situated in a curve of the river on land deeded by a Tilly. Okay, so what I would like to rebut for this, so this pastor saying because the church was moved, therefore this legend can't be true. However, a lot of the graves in the churchyard were buried there way before the 1931 flooding of Blue Ridge Lake. So even though the church was moved at some point to higher ground, that actually doesn't have anything to do with the churchyard. And it is the churchyard where Elizabeth is said to have been hung and buried. Elizabeth died on October 26, 1906, and is said to have been buried on Halloween. The pastor's like, well, because the church was moved, whatever, it's not, the whole legend's wrong. But these people, like, really existed, and the Stanley Gap homestead is now, like, a historical landmark, and they have the same story of, like, these feuding families and how, like, people were murdered. So really the only thing up for debate is whether or not there was witchcraft involved, but, yeah, but what, the pastor's trying to say, no, it's all fake. There's no hauntings here. But it's the original church. They just moved it. Yeah, it sounds like something um, someone who is a vessel for paranormal activity would say. Absolutely. Absolutely. And from everything I've read, it seems like most of the churchgoers of Tilly Bend are just pretty annoyed at the rumors of hauntings and go out of their way to tell people online that the legends are bullshit. On, seems like they're really invested in this. Right. Like, why are you so defensive, bruh? Why don't you just go to a different fucking not haunted church? Or why don't you embrace the haunting and charge people an admission and then use that to build up a cooler church, right? <laughs> on hauntedhovel.com, an anonymous user wrote, My family and I have attended Tillybin Church since 2007. We have church service every Sunday morning at 11 a.m. and most Wednesday evenings at 6 p.m. I have never experienced anything, and I am surprised at the stories I hear about this area. My husband always tells people that if they want to experience a ghost, come to church service and experience the Holy Ghost. (laughs) (laughs) I like that. Yeah. However, I did find one comment from a former churchgoer who had a different experience than this woman. A user going by the name of Caitlin wrote, well, my mom and her sisters used to sing in Tilly Bend Church when they were younger, and it was still when it was younger and it was still up and running. My mom said that behind the pulpit there was a blood stain in the carpet, and that every time they would wash it, it would go away, but the next day they would come back to practice and it would be there again. Also, my mom said that they were walking around outside with her boyfriend, my dad, and they saw the light come on at the witch's grave, and they got scared, got in their car, and said that they saw a literal witch chasing after them as they hit the gas and drove away from the graveyard. And then they stopped going to that church? My sister Samantha was there with her boyfriend, and they spent the night there and told me that they heard cackling in the middle of the night when they woke up, And when they woke up, the windows were all foggy, even though they didn't have heat or air conditioning, and there were baby handprints in the fog. It was really freaky. So, yes, they don't go there anymore. Yeah, maybe that's why there's so few people who go to this church, because it's so haunted, and the other people are just, like, either part of the haunting or they're, like, so calloused that, like, they can't be affected. They're like, oh, like, there's baby handprints on my car, and they just, like, rub it out, and they're like, I just cleaned this thing. Yeah, fuck these ghost babies. I did want to mention one last random thing that I read, because even though it's only tangentially related to the story, once I read it, I couldn't stop thinking about it. Um, So 
we all know now, hopefully by this point, everybody is aware. So this is about the Stanleys and the Tillies. And like I said, the Stanley Gap settlement is like now kind of like a historical marker. Like there's a sign on the side of the road saying like, turn here to see the Stanley settlement. So if you go to that Stanley settlement, first of all, it's really obvious that the Stanleys were way better off than the Tillies. Like they have like a really like their church is fixed up super nice. They have like this really nice graveyard with headstones that aren't like fucked up and falling over like facing to the east west whatever like it's very organized and the stanleys still have like a ton of ancestors that are alive today that like go and like upkeep the grounds and stuff but also buried at the graveyard at stanley gap um is like something really fucking weird apparently buried in the stanley church graveyard is a headstone for the arm of a man named Buell Stanley. That's right, only his arm. Why? The rest of Mr. Stanley is actually buried at the nearby Macedonia Church of Christ. But according to the headstone, Mr. Stanley lost his arm while fishing with dynamite in the nearby Tacoa River in 1915. And when his arm was amputated, he buried it in the Stanley Gap graveyard and made a headstone for it. And the headstone just says, here lies Buell's arm. I mean, what else are you going to do, right? Like, it's your arm. Yeah, like, it's you, a piece you of you. Yeah, you don't want to just, like, toss it in the trash. That seems shitty, right? Right. But, like, it's not customary to necessarily bury, like, an appendage. But I kind of feel that. I mean, it's it's definitely, like, a vibe. Like, this man made a choice. He was like, okay, next to, like, all of these child corpses that perished because of Elizabeth's curse, I'm going to bury my arm. Right, that I lost, like, fishing with dynamite. I feel like he was just kind of proud of that. He was like, yeah. I literally lost my arm in a dynamite explosion. Yeah. <laughs> so I feel like I want to cement that fact about me for the rest of history. Right. And burying this arm will, like, make sure that this fact is not lost deep in the annals. Uh, in the annals of, of history. history. Yes. yes. And, um... Basically, in conclusion, the last thing that I read was, and I didn't write this down, but so the Stanleys, from everything I've seen online, like as this legend has grown so much in local circles, the Stanleys were like, we need to say our side of the story because this just sounds like we came out of nowhere and mass shooted a bunch of people in a church. And like that sucks that that's our legacy. Yeah. So they said... And there, there's no way to verify any of this, so who fucking knows? But they said that on September 6, 1864, six members of the Tilly clan shot through the woods and intentionally killed the patriarch of the Stanley clan, whose name was Alicia Stanley. They murdered him while he was on his front porch, sitting there with his infant child, Buell, who later buried his, hand, his arm in mm. the cemetery. And after they shot... Alicia dead they then beat his daughter until she was permanently disfigured mm, that's not good so they're saying that's why we shot them in the church is because of this incident that happened look two wrongs don't make a right well but also I'm like this still doesn't answer the question of how did the feud start like why did the Tillies go yeah. shoot someone and beat their daughter like right. what like I just feel like it's a mystery that will never be cracked yeah I mean I this time period, too, um, is so rife with, like, mistranslations or things that are just lost through oral tradition, like we said um, before on this podcast several times. Like, maybe the original story was 
that there, you know, they'd gotten drunk and gotten into a fight, and one guy's like, I'm gonna, you know, kill you and beat your family, and the other guy's like, well, you do that, and I'm gonna mass shoot your church, you know, and over time, it, like, just grows into them doing that, and I forgot what I was talking about. Oh, yeah, over time, it grows into, like, and then one of the people was a witch, right? Yeah, exactly, exactly. And I, um, and I will say, too, like, I, I think we have to mention that. So there is a term witch doctor that is used in the local lore. And apparently that is an offensive term. Um, How? Being a witch is of the highest uh, respect in the paranormal world. And being a doctor is also of the highest respect look, in the real world. I would love to have a PhD in witchcraft. But yes. apparently it is offensive. So I did want to acknowledge it. Um, and I, I do want to say as well, I went on an- Ancestry.com and I looked up all of these people to verify that they like actually existed. And they definitely did. Like Elizabeth existed. Her mm-hmm. kids existed. Like... All of these people are real. Um, what is in question for me is, is part of this story is like because the Creeks and the English um, had like formed this alliance and like intermarried and stuff like they were living in the Stanley. Like there was Native American ancestry at the Stanley settlement and at the Tilly settlement. But with so this story then says like so Elizabeth had her magic because she was a Native American witch doctor, essentially, or like had some sort of Creek ancestry. But if when I looked her up on ancestry, I could trace back her lineage pretty far, but I could not find anything about like Native American ancestry. But then I was reading and went down a rabbit hole about like how apparently it's super hard to trace Native American ancestry in general. Mm. So I, I'm not saying she's not Native American. I'm saying this story could have like one of two problematic ways to look at it. It could be like people didn't like her because she really was of Creek ancestry and started this rumor that she was a witch doctor and therefore feared her. Or it could be that because she was like kind of witchy, people were like, oh, she must be of Creek ancestry. You know what I mean? Right. Okay. So I just wanted to acknowledge it because I don't know the answers. And so I'm going to read my sources and then ask for your final thoughts. My sources for this episode will be linked in the show notes. If it lets me last time I tried to link my sources and they were like, that's too many sources. We won't let you, but I'll try my best. So the first one is the Blue Ridge Witch Haunting of Tilly Bend Church by Jeremy Byers for Vocal.media. Next one is Tilly Bin Baptist, photographed by Tom Reed for HistoricRuralChurches.com. The next is a YouTube video entitled The Blue Ridge Witch, A Ghastly Story from Appalachia, uploaded by YouTube channel Faces of the Forgotten. The next one is the Encyclopedia Britannica entry on the Creek People. Next one is Ancestry.com. Next one is Findagrave.com. Next one is a YouTube vlog called Haunted Tilly Bin Cemetery, Owner Opens Church by Sabrina Workman. Next one is YouTube vlog The Witch of Tilly Bend by Spirit Pro. Next one is Tilly Bend Baptist Church, Blue Ridge, Georgia by Megan Paget of Talking Rock, Georgia for hauntedhovel.com. And my last source is The Other Side of the Story, Stanley Gap and the Curse of the Tilly Bend Witch, uploaded to YouTube by the channel Travels with Tommy and Lori. Really fascinating story. You guys look at these pictures at letsgethaunted.com. I feel like this is a great way to start off the spooky season. I agree. That is coming upon us. And I personally am very excited to continue on this beautiful winding historical road 
um, through the Georgia high mountains, past the witch of the blue Tilly Creeks. (laughs) (laughs) Also, I just love the name Blue Ridge Witch. Like it rhymes. It's cool. It's It's provocative. It gets the people going. It definitely is. It makes me think of like hunting dogs. You know how they have like blue healers and like something Ridgebacks. I don't know. I just really like this specific cliche of like, oh, we're in like a rural haunted place where there's four seasons and they're like the trees change and you know yeah it's definitely like as i the reason why i picked this one is because i feel like i haven't done a classic haunting lately and this is like a good old-fashioned ghost story that has like taken on a life of its own in the local like small communities that border blue ridge and it's still there which is the coolest thing yeah like you can still go there and see these headstones and see this haunted ass looking church yeah natalia what is one thing from this story that you're gonna think about tonight yeah i i i mean all of them i really liked the one where it was just like the lady ran into the two ghost men like yes. that had been like shot in the face and bleeding and they were just like don't go to that church up there <laughs> and they were like okay and they just had like glowing blue eyes with yeah. no pupils yeah, yeah i liked that yeah. i liked it a lot i've never heard that kind of imagery before to describe a ghost so it was very exciting to me when i saw that comment i mean maybe they were just crazy like meth heads that were you know cooking math bleeding and stuff and they're like don't go up there they have like makeshift casts on and stuff and they like think they're smoking cigarettes but But it's not lit (laughs) they just are on a lot of meth right and they're like that's that is the conspiracy is that this church is actually a meth lab fuck we've cracked it new rumors started new rumor unlocked well, Natalia, thank you for going on this windy uh, azure finger of a river yeah. story with me about the Tilly Bend haunting and the Blue Ridge Witch. Would you like to do our sign off? Um, Sure. BRB going to go place flowers at the grave of an arm on a ancient homestead. <laughs> Bye. Bye. On a summer night, Douglas Wagg Jr. lay motionless across a strip of railroad tracks before being struck by an oncoming train. I'm investigative journalist Delia D'Ambra, and my investigation into exactly how Doug died took me into the depths of a bizarre mystery. It was really hard to understand what was fact and what wasn't. A mystery that has led me from one suspicious death to another. Listen to CounterClock now, wherever you listen to podcasts.